Hello everyone, welcome back to See the Sunrise. This is season four and episode 12. Seeing the sunrise, the S-O-N rise, is about seeing Christ in everyday situations. We find in the book of Jeremiah, chapter 33 and verse three, where the Lord speaks to the prophet while he's in prison. He says to him, call to me and I will answer you and tell you great and unsearchable things you do not know. Seeing the sunrise, it's an opportunity to see what God is doing, not only behind the scenes, but in the lives of everyday people like you and me. From the pulpit to the pew, we all have had various challenges and experiences that bring us to a need for Christ. Well, it's that time of year again, the time where we are deeply engaged in spring cleaning. This is not a chore that I necessarily love, but I find that it really is necessary. When I start my spring cleaning, it reminds me of all of my excesses and the things I don't need. I have so much. It, it can be downright depressing. So much unnecessary stuff. How did I accumulate this stuff? Well, while I ponder that, another area that needs cleaning, and it's not in our homes, but in our hearts. I am reminded of the psalmist in Psalms number 51. Let me read a little bit of it for you. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your unfailing love, according to your great compassion. Blot out my transgressions, wash away all my iniquity, and cleanse me from my sin. For I know my transgressions, and my sin is always before me. Against you, you only have I sinned, and done what is evil in your sight. So you are right in your verdict, and justified when you judge. Surely, I was sinful at birth, sinful from the time my mother conceived me. Yet you desired faithfulness, even in the womb. You taught me wisdom in that secret place. Cleanse me with hyssop and I will be clean. Wash me and I will be whiter than snow. Let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones you have crushed rejoice. Hide your face from my sins and blot out all my iniquity. Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. Then I will teach transgressors your ways so that sinners will turn back to you. Deliver me from the guilt of bloodshed, O God, you who are God, my Savior, and my tongue will sing of your righteousness. Open my lips, Lord, and my mouth will declare your praise. You do not delight in sacrifice, or I would bring it. You do not take pleasure in burnt offerings. My sacrifice, O oh God, is a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart. You, God, will not despise. A broken and contrite heart you will not despise. Now, before you say that your heart is fine after hearing King David making his plea to the Lord, consider this. King David, consider his request. First things first, let's get back to, to one thing about ourselves. We're all sinners. We're all guilty. And scripture reminds us in Romans 3.23, it says, just in case you didn't know, it says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So if you're running into that person and say they've never sinned, Take them to that scripture and say, ah, no, that's not right. The Bible clearly says all of us have done things against the will of God. We, all of us, need cleansing at some time. But not only cleansing, 
we also need the mercy of God. David, King David, a man after God's own heart, found himself in a compromising situation. Mind you, it was a situation that he chose, and unfortunately, it led to a deep sorrow. It led him to confession. It led him to cry out for cleansing, and it led him to a sincere desire for a, and deep repentance. When we sin, and as I said, we all sin, we are aware of our sins, especially if the Spirit of God lives in you. David knew he had done wrong, but at that moment, he gave in to what his physical body was demanding, which was a lust for someone else's wife. That led him to sorrow. In the moment, he put that aside and decided, I'm going to get what I want. And sometimes we do that when we know it goes against the will of God, but yet we do it anyway. Before we judge too quickly, because we're real quick to point fingers at others, haven't you ever done something that you knew was wrong in the eyes of God? And afterwards, you felt such a deep, deep sense of sadness. David realized he had a, he needed a deep cleansing and he knew what he had done. But initially, he tried to cover it up. See, that's what, what happens with sin. It creates more sin until you're building on it, which, you know, in David's case, it was creating more of a mess because he decided, well, how can I cover this up? Because this woman whom he committed adultery with willingly had to do something so that the husband didn't find out. So what did he do? He wasn't going to kill her husband, but he developed a plan and had it executed. And in some ways, you know, he really did. He really was the one responsible. He had put this woman, Bathsheba, for those of you who may not know her name, and her husband's name was Uriah. He put him, had him put on the front lines of battle a battle he should have been himself. And as such, now here he is committing a sin when if he had been where maybe kings should have been on the front lines, this may not have happened. And now here he sins, there's adultery, there's deceit. And here he is surreptitiously puts Uriah in a place where death would almost be sure, call itself secretly doing it. And death was sure. David thought he got away with it. But it wasn't until the prophet Nathan, if you read Sam, 2 Samuel chapter 12, Nathan confronted David about what he'd done. So how did, David, how did Nathan know? You know, the Lord knows everything and he can reveal it to his servants. The Lord had revealed it to Nathan and he addressed it somewhat subtly to David um, to let him know that nothing's hidden from God. Imagine you think you got away with something and sometimes you might, but God sees everything you've done. And if you've got a deep commitment and a love for God, you, you can't do wrong and, and feel okay. Something in you is, is going to be troubling. You know, when, when you think about David and, and Nathan approaching him and addressing him, thinking, David thinking he got away, you know, it wasn't a message of condemnation, but of God's overwhelming love and, and mercy for David because he wanted David to know you did this thing. And because, and I don't know for sure, it doesn't say why he was a man after God's own heart, but David's conscience was convicted. And with that, it left David very, very sad and sorrowful. David was already guilty and convicted, but he was seeking forgiveness so that God would restore him, that 
He was seeking to understand maybe even what God could want, wanted him to do. Maybe, um, well, we won't, we won't contemplate what we think God was thinking. We'll leave it contextually sound. You know, David was seeking mercy. Mercy lets someone off the hook when they're guilty of an offense. If you've ever seen court TV, and sometimes I will engage in it, you can tell when someone is guilty of offense and the judge will say, you are guilty, but because of this, this, and this, I'm going to grant you mercy. So they get less of what really they should be receiving. Mercy has to do with forgiveness, leniency, and compassion. In that 51st Psalm, I just read to you at least a portion of it. David acknowledges his transgressions or his sins for a smaller word, and he doesn't hold back when he's confessing. He pours his heart and soul out to God, who grants him the ultimate forgiveness. You got to face your sin before seeking forgiveness. You may have done things wrong and there may be people that have been hurt. But if you go to God and you seek forgiveness, he can wash those sins away. The Bible is clear. It tells us if we confess our sins, that God is faithful and just to forgive us of all of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Listen to David's confession, his acknowledgement of his sin. He said in verse 3 of chapter of Psalm number 51, he says, For I know my transgressions, and my sin is always before me. He's bearing his soul to the Lord. Notice I said to the Lord. Sometimes you want to go to people and, and seek mercy, and you may come away extremely disappointed and even more than that because they may not even want to hear your um, apology or your regret of sin because they may not believe you. David took it to the Lord because he knew it was against the Lord he had sinned. Can you imagine the pain and the heartache he must have felt? He sinned against the one he loved, the one who had anointed him king, the one whom God had given great favor. His confession is unfiltered, it's honest, and honest to the one who had already knew what he had done. It's essential when you're confessing to the Lord to be honest, because he already knows anyway. Think about Nathan. He was the one that was able to confront David and only could be revealed by the Lord. It's when we are sincere that we can receive complete cleansing. This confession and plea for forgiveness are about commitment. And I think, I, if I recall, I, I spoke about commitment um, a week or so ago in one of the, the podcasts. Commitment is a promise. And when you make a promise, you know, your promise is only as good as your word. And I think, if I recall, I said, a commitment is doing what you say you're going to do. And in some way, David fell short of his promise he made to God. David was a committed servant of God, and yet he sinned. He needed his heart to be cleansed so that he could be restored, that his relationship could be restored with God. Think of one of your special relationships you have with your friends or family. Can you imagine that closest relative, that closest friend, and that you break somehow that commitment or that love you have for them and you break a promise? Can you imagine what that feels like? I kind of hope you can't because we don't want, we want to be people that keep our word, that keep our promises and that when we say something that we're committed to what we say we're going to do. Sin is a barrier between you and God. Don't forget that. Sin separates, from, uh, separates us from God. If you want God to hear you, 
If you want God to answer you, you have to come clean. He wants us to surrender. He wants us to confess. He wants us to seek forgiveness. And then we can expect to be restored. Do you ever hear of people being sin sick? Sin sick is being separated from God. And I don't know about you, but I don't ever want to be separated from him. Sin sickness is like carrying a heavy weight. It's like carrying something that's just too heavy to lift. It's a weight that's simply impossible to carry. You find your soul in turmoil and you feel troubled. It, it can affect your physical body and you can't eat, you can't sleep. And it's not until you confess. That means honestly, pour out your soul and seek forgiveness. It just won't let up. <clears throat> David was sick of carrying that heavy load and he cried out to the Lord. He realized that if God cleansed him, he can renew his commitment. And then he could show others the importance of having the right relationship with God. If you've sinned and you renewed your commitment with God after confession, you too can share that same testimony to others of how when you confess, God will forgive. We're in, you're in that closet doing that spring cleaning or in that basement or maybe you're in your shed or your garage. You might want to take a moment and just ask God to search your heart. And if there's any sin that's separating you from him so that you can in those quiet moments by yourself while you're doing that multitasking, that you can ask God to just cleanse your heart and to restore you, that you can renew your commitment to him. Then you can show others the importance of having that right relationship with God. He can help those, we can help those who uh, sin because we understand what is happening and what it's doing to their thinking and, and how when they repent and are restored, how that can change them and make them into the person God always wanted them to be and wanted us to be. He's molding us. God knows we sin. I already shared that with you and you know when you sin. That's why only Jesus could free us from the debt of sin, which is death. Instead, he gives us his son, which is an ultimate act of mercy when we receive Jesus Christ as Savior. Think about the worst thing you've done. And no, you don't have to share it with me because God already knows it. But think about the very worst thing you've done and that God is saying to you, you know what? I still love you. If you repent, I will restore you. If you confess, it will be as if he can wash you as white as snow. He gave us the ultimate gift, the gift of forgiveness through his son, Jesus Christ. Whew. I thought I only had to clean my closet. <laughs> Looks like some other things I'm going to have to clean. Brothers and sisters, search your heart. Ask God to reveal the sin that entangles you and seek his mercy and restoration, who is abounding in love and filled with compassion. Not only will I have to get back to my closet, but I'll also take a moment to examine my heart. And I hope you do too. When you think about it, is there any greater gift that God can give us than being able to be restored back to him when we've fallen away? What a blessed savior we have. I just can't say enough about him. I'm thankful this year for spring cleaning because it reminds me of the cleansing that God 
has given me and has given to you. As the psalmist says, cleanse me with hyssop and I will be clean. If you wash me, Lord, <laughs> I'll be whiter than snow. I want to hear joy and gladness. I don't want my bones crushed. Until next time, brothers and sisters, be sure to see the sunrise, the S-O-N rise. I want you to see Christ in your everyday situations. Be blessed. God bless you.